You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, this is Canada Day. And uh, the title of my message today, A Blessed Nation. It comes, I took the title from um, Psalm 33 uh, in, a, in another version that says, I, I usually use the, uh, the New Living Translation in all of my messages lately because I feel it, it gets right down to where people understand the language we understand today. But uh, in another version, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So I'm going to read it from the, uh, from the uh, New Living Translation. Psalm uh, 33, verses uh, 6 to 15. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the worlds began. It appeared at his command. The Lord frustrates the plans of nations and thwarts all their schemes, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord. And that's where the other translation says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. New Living Translation says, what joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose, those people he has chosen as his inheritance. And we are a chosen generation. Amen? That's what the Bible says, a holy nation. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. And uh, those who he has chosen for his inheritance, the Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race from his throne He observes all who live on the earth. Isn't that amazing? He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. Let me read that again. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. We are a blessed nation. Our blessings in this nation is not peace and freedom alone, but from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He provides and he protects us and he leads us along the way. Canada has in in essence told God that we don't need the Bible. We don't need the church. We don't need the Holy Spirit 
We don't need God in running our nation, our schools, and sadly, even our homes. That's a prevalent attitude in our land today. On this Canada Day, we celebrate the national freedom that we enjoy because of the price that the members of our armed forces, young men and women, has paid and are still paying to keep us free. And this, of course, is combined with the prayers of the faithful all down through the ages. During the great world wars that, does, that we've faced and, and the, the Korean War and all of those, the church has been praying and, and, and backing the, our military up with prayer all over the world, all throughout the nation. This national freedom that we enjoy came at great price. And we are truly a blessed nation because of it. But there is such a thing as spiritual freedom that every nation under God, needs to experience along with the freedoms that we have as a country. Our, nation, our nation was built upon Judo-Christian principles. But over the years, we have been witnessing a slow crumbling of this foundation. This deterioration seems to be increasing at a faster rate every year. So what's the problem? Can it be fixed? I believe it can. Today we enjoy freedom in Christ because of the sacrifice that he made on Calvary for us. Those of us who have received Jesus as our personal Savior enjoy this freedom on a daily basis. Jesus pointed out the awesome part that the truth of God's word plays in our spiritual freedom. In John chapter 18, verses 31 to 32, and then into 36, Jesus said unto the, the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He's talking about spiritual freedom. Free from the bondage of sin, free from the bondage of the law, free from legalism, free to worship God out of your heart, to worship in spirit and in truth. And in verse 36, he says, so if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed, or you shall be truly free. Paul relates this fact in the lives of believers in Galatia. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery of the law. For us, 
It could mean don't return to your own sinful ways. There is a danger, always a danger, of getting so familiar with with uh, what we do on every, every Sunday we come in here. That it just becomes so common that we do not really recognize what we're doing and instead of having that freedom in Christ, we are basically going through a ritual that is just as much a ritual as any mainline denomination that we came out of where we were sitting, sitting in our seats and we're getting bored just because we are doing it out of a duty. But you remember when you came into the light of the gospel, when you came into the light of the full gospel, something took place in you. There was an excitement. There was a, there was a desire to just worship God. And, to, and you, you sensed his presence every time you met with, with people of like faith. But too often it can become just a ritual, just something that you do and you don't really Notice, you don't take notice of what you are doing and why you are doing it. Paul wrote these words to the church in Galatia that was being told that in order to be saved or to be born again, you must embrace Judaism. You must become a Jew. So Paul is writing out of concern for these people because they are being thrown into confusion by those trying to pervert the message of the gospel. Today there are many trying to sell us on on a a misrepresentation of the gospel that are throwing many people into confusion. People who don't know the word, don't know the truth, and are easily led astray. And that's why I continue to talk about how important it is to know the word of God. As long as I'm here, you're going to hear me talk about it over and over again. Because I know that that's the foundation for your faith. And it's not enough to listen to what I say for 30 minutes on a Sunday morning to build your faith. That's only to whet your appetite so that you'll get into the word and find out the wonderful things that are there. The gold, the silver, the jewels, the precious stones that are in the word of God that are for you and you need to use them in your own life. You can be led into spiritual slavery slavery through many forms because all of them have an element of biblical truth. And so that even seasoned Christians have fallen into this trap. But the wise man or woman, as soon as the Holy Spirit makes real to you that you are going a little bit off-center, You will swallow your pride and say, Lord, forgive me. I want to be in the center of what you're doing. I don't want to be on the fringes. There's legalism. 
leaning heavily on the letter of the law. And that basically amounts to a Pharisee mentality in which you get to feeling that I'm more spiritual than you. I'm more spiritual than the pastor. I'm more spiritual than, than the people in the church and the leaders in the church. And so you shun them and go for something else. Then there's the, the works of religion, a works religion, trying to work your way into the gospel, into the kingdom of God. Busy in the church, neglecting your family because you're doing so much work for the church that you don't have time for your own precious family. And one day you wake up and those little ones are teenagers and they don't want to go to church anymore. And so we always need to have a balance in our, in our walk with God so that we are giving, we are recognizing the responsibility that God has given us to raise our children for the Lord. Not by a list of do's and don'ts. All of these things are religious things that get you in trouble and just discourages your children from growing up to love the Lord and serve the Lord. Make sure that your children have an experience with Jesus Christ early in their lives. Don't wait until they're teenagers. When they're old enough to know that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. When they say, Mommy, Daddy, I love Jesus. I want to serve Jesus. I want to accept Jesus into your heart. Don't reason that, oh, this little one is only three or four years old. Don't know what they're talking about. Let me tell you, at nine years of age, I gave my heart to the Lord, and I, I just can't tell you how different things felt. I woke up the next morning. Everything was just like brand new. First, For the first time, I could hear the birds singing in the trees. Everything was, was different. I felt so light and so clean on the inside. I was just nine years old, but God did a work in my life that day, and it never left me. Oh, I left God. I walked away from God. I did my own thing. I sowed my wild oats, but I'm going to tell you one thing, that Jesus Christ came into my heart at nine years old. And it was just a real experience as I have today. So don't ever think that your child is too young to accept Jesus Christ. When they say, Mommy, Daddy, I want to serve Jesus. I want to bring Jesus into my life. You just be so happy and so thankful. You don't know what, you, what they will have avoided if they're serving God in their young years. And that seed is in their heart because the Bible says, bring up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Oh my. I uh, planned a short message, but I better get on with this. Then there's another thing, prosperity, using biblical principles to scam millions out of God's people. It's happening and we know it. We see it so often. And we're so kind, so gentle, 
We don't like to condemn. I just, I just want to leave that there, but many times local churches are struggling to make ends meet. And the people in the church are sending their money off to people who are going to save the world. It's some big, expensive machines. And the church at home is struggling. And then another one is misusing and abusing the gifts of the Spirit to control and manipulate people. And this is how cults are formed. It can easily evolve into witchcraft. Holy Spirit is holy. I said, Holy Spirit is holy. He's not common. He's not unclean. He's God. And we need to honor him as God. We've gotten too familiar. We've, we've taken him down to, to man's level. We need to show our respect to him. The purpose of Galatians was to clarify and call these Christians back to truth. This is how subtle the enemy of your soul works. You become so hungry for God, so hungry for more. Lord, I want more of you. We've sang it in years gone by. I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I ever had before. And it comes from hearts that are just longing to be closer to God. But too often the enemy just comes in and uses that against you. You begin to see your church as unspiritual that the leadership is blocking the move of the Holy Spirit. You're ready to submit to anyone who seemingly is more spiritual than your church is. Someone, anyone, who seems to be spiritually gifted and you long to have that kind of a gifting. But if you follow that attitude, you will rue the day that you sacrifice truth for experience. Folks, there is a balance. God is for balance. Allow me to remind you of the teachings of John. John, 1 John 4, 1, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. This is a guideline concerning pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets and evangelists. There are no exceptions. 
Everyone who has all of these gifts or any of these gifts are human beings just like you and me. The Holy Spirit will move through somebody who will offer themselves to him for service. But when you comes to testing what spirit someone is of or what is happening, you must also do it according, you test it according to the word, not by gut feeling. Oh, I don't feel that that one is real. I don't feel that that one is spiritual. I don't feel that that one is operating in the Holy Spirit. Forget about what you feel. Get into the Word and read the Word and, 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 and get, your, get your direction and your discernment from God, not from your human spirit or from, or from some prejudice. Folks, we are... We are, be, we are becoming spiritual judges where we have no business of entering into it all. And when we do that sort of things, we hurt our church and we prevent ourselves from being the effective people that God wants us to be. Paul marvels at the spiritual decline of these believers in Galatians 5, 7, and 10. He says, you were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. And so my second point, and I only have two points today. I have given you a glimpse of how God-fearing Christians can be led astray in the church. Never have we been bombarded by so many winds of doctrine as today. 2018, we have all kinds of media, all kinds of publications that are thrown at us from every side. Just this last week, I had a, a piece of mail come across my desk anonymously. So evidently it was from someone in the church, but warning me about Bethel. And uh, you know, when I get something like that, I don't even read it. I just tear it up in little pieces and it goes into the garbage. So you haven't got the nerve to tell me your name. Don't bother sending me stuff. It goes in garbage. Okay. So I've given you this glimpse of, of all the things that happens within the church, legalism, Works, religion, prosperity, teaching, 
you know, misusing and abusing the gifts. All of these things are good things, but the Lord uh, is, is wanting the church to have a balance in these things and knowing and understanding and, and not just going off on a tangent in one thing and just leaving everything else behind. In such cases, we cease to be effective in the Lord's work when we lose the balance. You know, it's just like you lose one wing on the airplane, she's going to go down. But if you, if you cripple a, a bird in one wing, it's going to come down out of the sky. That's just the way it is. And when you leave off a part of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and just go with one thing, one good thing that works well when it's all in balance. If you're going to bake a cake, you don't just put flour and raisins and that's it. There's a few other things that goes with it. Amen? And so the gospel is the same thing, folks. We've got to do the whole gospel, but not all over the place, everything in order. Paul marvels at, at what was happening there. But one day, the only way that the church can help Canada to grow is to get back to the prayer room. I'm glad that we had this thing here today. Get back to the prayer room. If we're claiming to be so spiritual, if we're claiming to have such a great time in God's presence, then let's do some of the hard work too. It's not, pre it's not pleasant taking time off from your favorite show to come to church for an hour to pray. But let me tell you, an hour in this sanctuary praying together for our, our nation and praying for God's direction for this church and praying for the leadership together, not just all over the place, but together in one place is powerful. And we need to get back to that. You know, on any given prayer time, we should have as many people as we got here right now in the prayer room. In, 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 when this is turned into a prayer room. And this is a very, this is a very uh, 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 sparse congregation to what we usually have, but, but I'm, what I'm saying is we got to get back to praying. If we don't, we're heading for trouble. We're just, we're just spinning our wheels. We're going around in circles. And uh, we, become, we can easily become a bless me club. Where we can talk about, oh, praise the Lord, it was a great service last Sunday morning. We had great time. The worship was so good, I just got lost in God. There's a nation out there. There's a, there's a, a community out there. You know, within our, within our reach, 20, 25,000 people in our, within our reach out in the outlying areas, let alone the 14,000 that's here in, in, the, in, the, in Coal Lake. And we can't afford to just get in our little groups and just stay there. And so we got to get back to the prayer room. And pray and seek God's face until he rains down mercy and grace upon us. 
First Timothy 2, 112 says, I urge you, first of all, pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. That's a good enough reason to pray, isn't it? Praise the Lord. God is looking for a generation who will rise up and rebuild the foundations and redig those spiritual wells that are, have been clogged up, filled up with other stuff. We must choose to walk in love towards God and towards the lost and our friends and our, our enemies. There's no room in the Bible for to hate anyone. Not even our enemies. Love is a command of our Lord. It's something you choose to do. It's our choice. Love is God's command and it's our choice. We choose to love. Don't say, I can't love him. I can't love her. If you say that, you are saying that God made a mistake in his word. Love is not an option. So swallow your pride and extend forgiveness wherever it's needed. Ask forgiveness and extend forgiveness. You do this and God will take care of the rest. And you will experience great freedom. The spiritual freedom that you need so much. Follow Jesus' instructions. John 13, verse 35, love your neighbor, uh, your love for one another will prove the, to the world that you are my disciples. Matthew 5, 43 and 45 says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of the Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust alike. And then we need to be people of unity. Psalm 133 verses 1 and 3 says, How wonderful and pleasant it is. For brothers, and you can add in sisters as well, when they live together in harmony or unity. Harmony is unity. For harmony is a, as precious as the anointing oil that was poured out over Aaron's head, ran down his beard onto the border of his garment robe. And harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion, and there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting, or there the Lord commands his blessing, life everlasting. We need to be a unified church as well as a unified nation. The unified means for the English and the French and the First Nations, See ourselves as one. 
We need to extend that unity to all people from all other nations who call Canada their, their, their home. Nowhere should this be more evident than in the Church of Jesus Christ. We lay the pattern here. And when you hear someone say something about someone else, doesn't matter if they're Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or Christian or denominational, don't stand for it. Because it's a way that the enemy sows seed into your heart. And if you just, if you just smile and say, uh-huh, 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 but you don't really believe it in your heart, but you're perceived as agreeing with the criticism that is being given. So don't do it. So in conclusion, one of the blessings of Canada is our virtue of tolerance that allows us to work and live with Canadians of other faiths and even people of no faith. Unfortunately, there are those who are very intolerant towards Bible-believing Christians. We know that. Evidently, we can't call Canada a, a, a Christian country anymore. We also know and understand that. But all the more reason to focus on our Lord and to be led by the Holy Spirit and to make sure our heart is right. Our challenge in our families, in our church, is to to teach our children to be good Christian Canadians. They will need to learn the Bible, learn to pray, and learn to live as Christians so that they, in their turn, can go and proclaim the kingdom of God with love, acceptance, and forgiveness. I was never more proud and thankful than I was on Friday evening when we were at that, that total worship service to burn. And wow, when that lady asked all of the youth to come and they were lying from right there by the steps right over to those steps over here. And she said, now we're going to ask the adults to come and form a line. We came and we formed a line over there and we all came through and they prayed. Each one of them prayed for us as we came on down the line. And I saw young people praying with the powerful spiritual anointing upon their lives. Praying with the same fervor and the same confidence in God that you would see in a, in a, in a seasoned evangelist. And it, it just blessed my heart to no end. And I know that we're on the right track, folks. I know we're on the right track. Our young people, some of them, are ahead of us older people. They are spiritually ahead of us. They're becoming spiritual giants for their generation. And we need to back them all the way. I thank God for a tremendous youth program and a children's program that we have under the leadership of, of, of uh, 
Pastor Mark right now and, and, and Cynthia. Cynthia has done an excellent job. We are now reaping the benefits of the years that Cynthia has poured into the children of our church. And now they are in youth. And now they are becoming able to just, just minister. I mean, they were just called. I don't know if they were even informed before they were going to do it. Probably they were. But they did, there was no hesitation whatsoever. And it just, just thrilled my heart to see my grandson. <laughs> the first one in in line. And you know, it just blesses your heart. And I know every parent that had a child up there that that was praying for people was just so thankful. And, and folks, God is up to something. He's doing something. And, and it's time for us to get all on board. For me, it's all in or all out. You got to be into this full-heartedly. Churches that grow, churches that expand, have people in those churches that are going overtime for the Lord. And when you go with the right attitude and 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 the right the right spirit. You're not going to deprive your family of anything. Because you as a family will be doing things together. You'll be working together for the Lord. And you won't be spread out all over the place. And so, the church can partner with families to ensure that they're receiving the instruction and reinforcing it in the home as well. We are truly blessed to live in Canada. May we always want to share those blessings so that our country is salt and light in the world. It's been prophesied that Canada will not be a great military nation, but we will be a great nation to bring spiritual freedom to the nations. But it starts at home. Let's, let's see Coal Lake community on fire for God. We plan to be more visible in our community in the future. Let's do church like we've never done it before. Let's get involved in the Lord's work and let's be visible in our community. That's how we can contribute to really stand on guard for our nation. Lord bless you today as you go to the beach and you go to all the different things that are happening and watch the ears, or the, uh, the uh, fireworks and everything tonight. Just rejoice in the Lord. Just realize how thankful we should be, how blessed we are to be in Canada. Amen. We've lost a lot of our freedoms, but I believe with all my heart if God's people which, which are called by his name, will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. He will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sins and he will heal our land. We'll get back a lot of what we have lost already. Amen? Amen? Stand and give the Lord a hand and that's the way we'll close the service today. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.